Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It's D and Davis, the show, and we are lucky enough today, me, D, and Ryan, to be joined by, man, an old pal. Like, yes. We've been doing this together for a minute. He's one of the brothers that's been down with us when we first really got in this. And uh, it was reciprocated back. He's here in Chicago taking over, and he's in New York half the time. Where does this man live at? The only thing slowing him down <laughs> is the COVID. And that is Scoop B, Brandon Robinson. You can always catch his articles at heavy.com. And also, he's the host of Scoop B Radio and the founder of Scoop B Radio. He does anything sports, but in particular, the NBA. How are you doing tonight, Scoop? I'm chilling, guys. And uh, COVID ain't stopping me. COVID, COVID. COVID is, uh, is afraid of my phone and what we can do with that, so. I hear you. Always good to talk to you guys, though. That's what's hey, up. Hey, Scoop, let me let me just go off straight to the NBA. And what are some of the precautions that you've heard the NBA ask of NBA players as far as moving forward and how to handle themselves with the virus being so rampant here with the pandemic in America? Well, I think the biggest thing is just watching the company that you keep um, and, and, and who you monitor in and out, you know, with the whole social distance thing, six to eight feet. But um, what I find interesting uh, in this whole situation is particularly uh, Rudy Gobert, for example, who is from France. And d- during, uh, you know, sometime between January and when the leagues had the stoppage, um, he had friends or family uh, reportedly uh, around uh, house. And so you think about everybody that's hung out with everybody in the last two months. You think about All-Star weekend. You think about... Um, you know, Christmas holiday, you think about all those things. I think it's just monitoring the amount of, uh, I guess, people you're around and, you know, shaking hands and hugging. Like, that's hard in basketball where there's constantly, you know, you're seeing fans, you're shaking people's hands, you've you played AAU basketball with people. Like, there's relationship. That's what basketball is. So, um, you know, they're, they're just telling a lot of players just to be mindful of the company they keep and, and just touching. Look, let me ask you this. Uh, about three months ago, turn of the year, maybe not even that, maybe two, I remember hearing that a league executive kind of floated out there about starting the NBA season on uh, Christmas, citing that usually, you know, fans aren't really getting geared up until the game's around Christmas. And if it's just baseball in the summertime, why not overlap over baseball since basketball is a much more dominant, not much more, but it's a more prevalent sport, especially with the younger crowd than baseball is. Do you think that 
we're going to actually see that one because of the fact that maybe they'll come back and have to push back next season? Or do you think that that may just stay and that they may start the season early, I mean, later because this gives them an opportunity to implement something that may be a cash cow for them in the future? Ideally, I think it's a novel idea, particularly because uh, it's been done um, back in 2011 uh, season uh, when the lockout sh- you know, shortened season uh, prevented there from being um, an all-star game and, and or just, you know, play. You know, you, you started on Christmas Day. You had all these games. Derrick Rose had a miracle against the Lakers uh, some years ago. I was writing about that the other day. Um, but when you look at the situation, yeah, I think that fans don't begin to start paying attention uh, to, bas- to basketball till around playoff time. Uh, after the NCAA tournament is over, and then also after the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the week after, you got all these primetime Saturday games. I think it would be a novel idea um, based upon what I have heard uh, around the league. There is talk of, uh, you know, potentially, I heard it through the grapevine, uh, that they're considering, you know, anywhere between June and August of, of restarting the season, and they'd literally be six to eight regular season games, and then you'd go into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, if you're, you know, the Lakers in first place in the Western Conference or the Memphis Grizzlies in the eighth seed, uh, to, to quote the great DJ Khaled, your bag is secure. <laughs> you're the Portland Trailblazers or, or the New Orleans Pelicans on, on the outside looking in, six to eight games is disheartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh D and Davis show right here. Brandon Robinson on the line on a, on a video and line with us if you want to say. Uh, make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at Scoop B and also to ScoopBradio.com. Uh, Brandon, you're in the know. You're talking to the players all the time. Uh, just give us uh, their perspective about what's going on right now, how they're feeling, they're dealing with their families, and eventually even getting back onto the court. Um, I think it's a, an interesting dichotomy. I think family is something that – um, is a is a is a gift and a curse in the in the fact that some players you know they may live in a separate city or state from where their families are, mm. or you have situations where um, you have kids, you have all that stuff taken care of with you know the mother of their children, and then you either are away because you can't get out, or you're stuck at the house and you're trying to train, and you get out of practice from everything that you've put in during the summertime. I I use this perfect example. Um, LeBron James talked about on the Road Tripping Podcast how his body's like, bro, what is going on? You think about it. Over the summer, um, he taped Space Jam. He worked out. um, He he was preparing for this potential championship season. Um, And he still found a way at 35 to jump as high as he did uh, his first few years in Cleveland, um, create, you know, chemistry with Anthony Davis and contains Caldwell Polk and what have you. And then there's the stoppage. Um, that routine kind of gets to you. And it's interesting. Um, I have a podcast with Kenny Anderson that will probably drop this weekend. I asked him um, to compare the coronavirus pandemic now to when the NBA lockout season happened in the 90s. And he talked about how conditioning was a big thing and how he was not disciplined, he wasn't focused. Now, granted, running the pandemic then, um, and really it was just a collective bargaining agreement issue, but when you talk to past players, that's what they closely dial in on. Uh, 
just the fact that there was no place for them to work out other than home. And things were a lot different then. You know, now you have personal chefs, um, trainers around the clock, more money as, as well. So it's a little different. But, um, you know, you talk to, to taking a look around my phone and just asking guys, you know, what's the biggest thing? For some of them, they're going into they're, – they're preparing for their next act in careers. C.J. McCollum is, is, has been taking meetings and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you look at Jamal Crawford, who's still an NBA free agent. He and I talk almost every other day. And, you know, he's got, he lives in Washington State, so he's got kids that he's taking care of oh, wow. with his life as well as trying to get a workout in, and they're home. So they're taking classes online. It's just – it's an added dimension – uh, to 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 what's going on right now? Have you have you heard from any players that say, you know what, this going to hear calls this season season of Washington start up uh, next season? I spoke to a few players who feel that way. They think that the season is done. Um, it's about a fifty fifty split. I've spoken to players who feel like the season is done. I've spoken to some players where they say, you know, let's salvage the season. Let's try to make something of it. And then you have conversations like I go back to the lockout where it's like, okay, say. Say hypothetically, right? Say the Clippers or the Lakers win. Then you start having those conversations like they had with the Spurs when they beat the Knicks in the 99 finals, where it's like mm. there's an asterisk next to the name. And the 90s were in a very different situation than the Lakers. In my opinion, um, I think the Lakers have a two- to three-year window, and really it begins to get tougher next year because you have a healthy Golden State Warriors team next season. Mm. Um, you, you, you know, there's a potential opportunity, that, you know, there's discussions around the league that, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he were to leave the Milwaukee Bucks, he could land in a Miami Heat organization. Or he could land in a Golden State Warriors organization. He could even potentially land in a Lakers organization if Anthony Davis doesn't resign this summer. So, you know, this was the year for certain teams to fulfill certain obligations and certain desires for people. But, you know, I, I think this season is a lot different because you didn't know who was going to really go to the finals, who was going to go to the conference finals. And, you know, players have just really expressed their displeasure, you know, with that. So it's, it's interesting. Dean Davis, right now we have Brandon Scooby Robinson on with us. Brandon, real quick, get back to one thing. And you mentioned when the Spurs won in 98. And at first, I can remember even Charles Barkley saying that team had an asterisk on it until they went on to have a dynasty. And it was proven that they were a great team. But I have a question. And it kind of goes back around Rudy Gobert, the Celtics, uh, the Raptors, the teams that played Utah prior to everyone finding out that Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had coronavirus. Has anybody expressed how worried they are that they passed it to their families and the frustration perhaps? And I, I mean, I don't want to go back and, and go at Rudy Gobert, but the frustration that one, how he was acting flippant with it, but the risks that they may have come in contact with, with, I don't want to say the NBA wasn't doing it, wasn't supposed to, what they were supposed to do, but People necessarily weren't taking the precautions, and some people may have caught this, and they may not be right moving forward. Has any player expressed that and how that is really important to them and frustration with the league or any other player or any other team? I haven't spoken to any player specifically about that, but this is what I will say just from kind of covering it, having conversations and piecing it together, right? So for those who are paying attention, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, you know, tested positive. During a 10 to 12 game or 10 to 12 day span, um, you've played the Pistons, you've played uh, the Celtics, you've played the Raptors, the Cavaliers, uh, etc. Um, you think of road trips and you think of you think of just who played who and who was around who. Um, the Pistons, someone on the Pistons contracted it. Christian Wood, 
um, the Jazz played, you know, the Pistons recently. Um, you look at um, the Boston Celtics, who they played. Uh, Marcus Smart contracted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers, for example. You look at uh, a gentleman on the, on the Nets, I believe it was four gentlemen, one who was Kevin Durant who contracted it. And, uh, the Lakers, they have not publicly uh, disclosed who had it. I think that it really makes you – it's almost like – I can't use any other comparison with this. It makes you think of, like, when you're having conversations with friends about partners that you've had in the past, it's like, but wait, this happened. This happened. <laughs> nope. We played this team. We played that team. Like, it really makes you sit and think, like, yeah. how quickly and how much people interact with one another and how you just don't know. So, like, I'll give you a, per- a personal example, like – the week that the that the the um the week that the Pistons were in New York, I was supposed to sit down with a member of the Pistons that Monday. I got a call that Sunday. They canceled it. Um, I will credit the NBA in this sense. I think the NBA, when they made a move, other people kind of followed. Yeah. Um, schools followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NCAA followed. I remember sitting on the conference call with Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley didn't understand why um, fans kind of had to be punished. And, you know, and then that later that week, you know, he had, he had to get tested himself and tested negative, of course, uh, from all published reports. But I, I think in this time, more than anything, I think this is the new normal and we're figuring out still, is it, is it, listen, is it shaking hands? Is it hugging? Is it droplets? Um, is, is it, is it sexually transmitted? Like, I remember having a conversation with Gary Vee, a former Lakers trainer on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and him detailing how he took his gloves off when he treated Magic Johnson uh, because he tested as HIV positive, not comparing COVID-19 and mm. AIDS. But um, I find it interesting that there's nothing new under the sun and some of the same like conversations that we're having about something <laughs> – um, that people are not necessarily educated on, and we're learning a lot of things on the fly. I find that this is the new thing that is um, that is not just sports; it is life. It transcends so many different facets of life. Um, so I didn't. I, I think I went in a tangent and answered your question, but I think it's I think it's a case study in just how we are reimagining everything. One, we we you can't get it if you're not kissing and you're having sex. So <laughs> everybody that's having COVID sex, just don't kiss if you don't ain't been around that person. But listen, but protect yourself. You brought yeah yeah that too. But listen, two things real quick before D chimes back in that you mentioned. One, what was your fear from you were here at All Star? Um, you know, did you at first were you worried that you contracted it? And you mentioned that this is a new normal moving forward. What type of changes do you think when the, the bell cow has is, is flattened out, but still we know it's probably going to come back in the, the fall and in the wintertime? How do you think you're going to move to avoid catching COVID when the season starts back up and you got to be moving all around the country? So I, I, made a, I made that reference to partners. In, in a sense, I've thought about where I've been from January, comparatively from January to March. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around members of the, between January and, and March, I've been around members of the Nets. I've been around members of the Lakers. Um, I've been around, I've been around a couple people who were diagnosed who tested positive. So was I worried about it? No, because I think the time frame. like I look at the time frame from 
uh, after All-Star because mm-hmm. it seemed like many people were testing positive for it after that. You weren't hearing much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, as it relates to how it's affected my job specifically, um, being in and out of locker rooms, um, I worried about access for people and whether this is an excuse for them to not let people in in the future. And what I'll say is, it's even interesting looking at pictures where you're around people before the new normal and what it is now. Mm. Steve Smith, who's on Turner, his birthday was the other day, and I had tweeted, you know, happy birthday to him over the picture. Uh, and his former Atlanta Hawks uh, teammate, Eldridge Rukaus, and their quote tweeted and said, Hey, Scoop, hey, Smitty, y'all ain't six to eight feet. Back up. He was joking. <laughs> but it's like you really have to – it reminds me of what life was like before TSA only allowed passengers to go into the area where right. you fly. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Watch Home Alone, and the whole family was sitting in the room waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just very interesting to kind of dissect. Do you think the NBA is – I mean, the, as you said before, Scoop, and this is uh, Brandon Scooby Robinson on the Dan Davis Show right now. Make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at Scooby. Uh, Brandon, do you think that the NBA will go that far? Could we ask our buddy Tony, who's down at NB, uh, Anthony Gill, who's down at NBC Sports Chicago? He said the NBA is a very progressive forward-leaning uh, industry and, and league. But do you think they will probably try to maneuver some kind of way into kind of like restricting certain media uh, and, and to make this new normal the normal? I think it depends on what happens as far as the virus. Um, the thing that I think about more specifically is handshaking, fans in stands, mm. hugs. Um, I think that, I think particularly, Ryan is included too, but particularly people of color and people in media we hug, we touch, we talk. Like, it's a very close-up situation. Basketball is predominantly black. Guys slap hands and, and butts. I never understood the butt part, but, but you know, <laughs> it's like if you're so in yeah, close yeah. proximity, it's almost like, why didn't we think of this before? Why are people talking about washing their hands now? Shouldn't you been always washing your hands? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are you washing and scrubbing? I think that we're the, the new norm is still being – defined. And I think the fact that nobody is around each other in close quarters, and it's just so new. Like, are we going to be in a situation where like, okay, if we're media people or we're players, like, do we have like little guards on our hands that we have to change every game so that it, it makes you, it makes you safe? You think about like the Michael Jordan flu game, right? Mm-hmm. Like many people applaud Michael Jordan for how many points he scored, how he was able to overcome what he overcame. But he was touching the basketball, and so was everybody else. Yeah. I'm curious to know if anybody else got sick after that game years ago. So, you know, do we do you do you clean the balls after after every game? Um, I hope they were doing it already. They probably wasn't though. But I mean, that's the thing. How? What about touching the ball? So when it comes back, it's going to go through the NBA. Like, how are you going to do it if I was touching the ball in every sport? Basically, not moving forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that I don't know is is legit. Like I don't know. I, I just think that it seems so simple yet so complex. Like even from a perspective, I, I was talking to a contact of mine in LA uh, a couple of days ago, 
you know, LA has a, a, a smog problem. I, I went up to Hollywood Hills uh, during one of my trips over the past year and just looked at the sky and the smog and looked at like a before picture, like sometime in December or November mm-hmm. of 2019 and then an after picture of now. I think that, you know, we watched, I was just telling my roommate this the other day, we watched so much Captain Planet going up about protecting the earth, <laughs> like water and, and, and heart and all the things we need to not, to not mess up the sky and not mess up what's going on. And it's like, we're actually, that was actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the smog is like night and day in LA right now because people are, are more home than not. I think that this is, I think as much as, as it's a pandemic, I think this is a, a, a space of self-reflection, uh, goals, mm-hmm. how we treat each other, you know, how we, how we spend our money, how we invest. Like there's so many facets that this is going to affect aside from just sports. Look, that Captain Planet reference and you said heart, Matty's power was whack. Heart was, it was like, who wants the heart? Man, you remember the names? It's like, I got us. It was like, heart. It was like, ah, Matty, get your ass out of here. <laughs> hey, Brandon, well, give, it, give us a, a, a lowdown to, uh, you're up in New York, man. How was it up there? That's really right now the epicenter of uh, yeah. the coronavirus here in the States, at least. But also, obviously, as we all know, it's spreading across the country. But give us a lowdown of what's going on up there in New York. Well, I'll tell you what, I live in New Jersey and and in New York as well. My family is there. A lot of my family is still there, and they're not coming out. I mean, we're talking everything from lower Manhattan, where some of my friends and family work. Um, It's a ghost town. Midtown is a ghost town. When do you know Times Square to have no people populated? Um, And then I've seen some of my friends, like Joyride on their IG stories, on, 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 you know, and just passing through. And it's like, if you don't take it behind home, yeah, it's having an effect on finances. It's having an effect on culture. It's having an effect on events. Like, I, I'll tell you that there are there are things that, that I know there's a lot of money that's, that, that I have friends that are missing out on, whether it's working a regular nine to five, whether it's they're in TV or radio and there's production. Um, but I think what's interesting is, I think at this point, as much as money matters, it doesn't. I think people are realizing that that mouse running through a paper bag rat race that we're in um, sometimes can affect your own health. And people are just reimagining, you know, what's important and what's Mm -hmm. actually important. So, you know, you're not seeing a lot of people home. I fear for those who are unhappily in relationships or marriage or who have lots of kids. All types of box wine and 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 and, and vodka, but um, more than anything else, man, it's it's a ghost town. Um, and I think you know, as as it's continuing to spread, I think that both uh, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey, as well as uh, Governor Cuomo in New York, um, has done a good job in just advising uh, people on how to move and how to shake. And I think that they're setting the standard for how other you know states should follow suit. I think those two governors have done a good job in, in their le- their level of leadership. And, um, but it's been a ghost town. Uh, I hate to ask, but can you speak to the level of fear? Like Chicago, New Orleans are two of the places that are said to be the epicenters after New York. And you look and listen, Cuomo is basically now everybody's governor. It's funny. I was talking to the old lady and she was like, did you see Pritzker? I was like, I only watch Cuomo's. I don't watch Pritzker's. I, I watch Cuomo's. All right. But but still, like, there's so many people dying there. 
Like, you got parents? Like, what's the level of fear of people that this bug could just wipe you out? And again, as you said, it's, it's Times Square is empty, and we know how New Yorkers are. If it's got them scared in the house, it, it speaks to how, just how fearful people are of contracting this, this, this COVID-19. My parents, they're in their 60s, and my mom and my, and my stepdad, you know, they've, they've been preparing, buying groceries in excess. Like, the first floor has groceries for now, mm-hmm. and downstairs has, like, groceries for the next month. Just okay. Because, you know, it, it's expected that it's a chance we really, really can't even step foot in our house, outside of our house. You know, that, that, that you know, there, there's, there's a belief that, you know, we're being slow walked, that, that eventually uh, martial law could happen. And, you know, that people, um, you know, if you don't continue, if you continue not to follow the rules and keep stepping outside your house and not, you know, following the rules that, that you're going to be made. And it's interesting because, um, it reminds me, it's, it's not a, a direct comparison, but it reminds me of when the National Guard took over the city of Philadelphia. You know, I went to the school and I went to school in that area. And mm. uh, I remember taking classes at night uh, at Community College of Philadelphia. I believe it was like 2006, 2007 when the homicide rate was high in the city of Philadelphia. And like the National Guard was like, it was an eight or nine o'clock curfew. Mm. And, you know, I, I took night class. I was scurrying to get back to my, my place. And you know, it, it reminds me of that, just the level of curfew, get in your house, do what you need to do. And I think, you know, it's, 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 there's going to be a lot of babies named essential uh, come December and January. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the same time, I just think people are still figuring out a lot of what's going on. You know, forget the money. It's more about people's health and, and, it, and it seems to be just spreading rapidly. Yeah, uh, Scoop, before we get up out of here, man, I got to get your thoughts on the uh, NBA uh, in a 2K players-only league. Uh, you covered the 2K events, obviously, for the NBA. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a placeholder uh, until they figure out what's going on. I think it's great that they're doing something for charity. And um, I also think it's good for someone like Donovan Mitchell to get some type of exposure uh, and to kind of have conversation about it because I think we're still learning. Um, what happens next? Um, same for Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is more mm-hmm. naturally either spoken, guarded, or just don't care. Uh, I say Kevin Durant, right? Not Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah. You said Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, you said Kevin, Kevin Durant. Yeah, KD, yeah. Because I wrote that in an article earlier. I met Kevin Durant. I've been doing <laughs> it. Like, right? Kevin Garnett. It happens. I do that too sometimes. Um, I think even someone like Boogie Cousins, who, you know, is not playing right now, he has the chance to kind of just have an outlet. I think, you know, people look at players as just like sometimes as robots. And, you know, these guys have opinions. They have personalities and more. And, you know, you get to hear their voices. There are some players who publicly don't want to talk right now because they just don't want to be that guy to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So these these competitions where you have live and you have, you know, different – you know, today on my Instagram Live, I had wrestler Mark Henry. On and we talked for about a good hour. To, you know, WrestleMania this week, and he was mm-hmm. very candid about a lot. I think mm-hmm. this gives guys an outlet to be themselves because they mm-hmm. can't be on the court. Listen, you were real close to Kyrie Irving. We all know. Uh, what about two months ago, a month and a half ago, Kenny Atkinson was relieved of his coaching duties. How much of that was Kyrie and KD, from what you know, and how much was that with his management not seeing eye to eye with the direction the coach was taking the team? Um, people you ask say that if KD and Kyrie wanted him there, he would still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Brooklyn has a short window uh, in the next three years to win something. Um, I could tell you that there is a desire 
on the on the on some players uh, named Irving uh, who may want somebody named named uh, uh, Phil Handy. Okay. The coaching capacity uh, with with the Brooklyn Nets, um, but there are other candidates out there. You look at Mark Jackson. Uh, you look at even you know Greg Popovich, uh, who is in an interesting situation in San Antonio. He has the opportunity to pass the torch on to Tim Duncan, Hammond, or to Tim Duncan. And mm-hmm. you know the, there are other candidates out there. The uh, Van Gundy's is going to always be a name that's thrown out there. I'd like to see Mark Jackson get a coaching job. I was with Mark Jackson a couple of months ago. Um, at the Lakers Sixers game in Philadelphia, um, and and you know he told me he's doing good. He's staying ready. He's grinding, and you know it, it would be cool to see that particularly because he's he's an alum of Bishop Lachlan High School, which is minutes away uh, from the Barclays Center, and uh, it will be a great homecoming of sorts. Um, but you know I, I think that the Nets are are you know the Popovich thing sounds sounds interesting only because um, you know. Sean Marks, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, comes from the San Antonio Spurs uh, tree. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I also think that, hey, Jacques Vaughn is undefeated. He's 2-0 since so taking over for Kitty Atkinson. They beat the Bulls and they beat the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers <laughs> ain't that hard to beat the Bulls. Former Utah Jazz Jacques Vaughn. Oh, that Jackie Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, Kyrie Irving does have a, a respect for Jacques Vaughn. That, you know, he was an assistant coach uh, on the team and, uh, for a while. So, he, you know, there's a relationship there. But, you know, I think, I think Jacques Vaughn is in a similar situation in Brooklyn that Mike Miller is in with the cross town with the New York Knicks. Um, I think Vaughn is in a better position potentially to get rehired. But I think the Nets are looking for some type of splash and, Phil Handy may check some of those boxes, and you know what Popovich could do, and you know Mark Jackson will always be an option. Real quick before we get out of here, because you mentioned that uh, people in this industry and people that aren't getting to the bag, as far as you know, even if you're not in media, but you know, you people are people are getting fired, unfortunately, or being let go here in Chicago at six seventy score. Julie DeCaro, Connor McKnight, and Rick Camp. So we yeah. want to send them our best thoughts. And I got on this shirt right here. White Sox for Ed Farmer, a White Sox former pitcher and radio announcer. We're sending our best wishes to his family also. Scoop, uh, 10 seconds real quick. What you got coming out before we get up out of here? Um, a lot. I pre-recorded a lot of interviews for Scoopy Radio that will be making moves. We had Shaq on a couple weeks ago, Jamal Crawford on this week. Um, we have any interviews with entrepreneurs, and we've got some NBA writers – or excuse me, well, NBA writers and NBA players um, – I'll share with you. I was on the phone with Jason Williams, retired NBA player this morning. A lot of people coming through in the next couple of weeks. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, Brandon, man, thank you so much for hopping on with us, man. Definitely doing a uh, video with us too, man. We'll get it out to everybody soon. And you take care. You be safe, man. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. We'll see you, Scoop. Everybody be safe. Scoop B Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 